said, basically, he was saying, hey, man, what's wrong? Are you crazy? Don't you see all these people around us? And Elisha said, there's more for us than against us. And he says, Lord, open the eyes of my servant that he might see what I'm seeing. And when his eyes opened, he saw in the spirit world of, what, of all the angels of God that encamped around about the enemy's army, blinded the army, and Elijah and his servant led that enemy army captive. Praise God. I want to declare to you tonight that I believe I, there, there's, a, there's a firmness in my spirit that declares that God has our back. And there is more protection for us in this day than we could ever even believe. I want you to be encouraged in the fact that God is in charge. There is a spirit world. There is a spiritual God. And God says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Glory to God. Now, Red's got me tied down with this thing attached to my back, so... I'm pinned down, so, you know, I'm used to preaching. I don't think it's going to stop me, brother. <laughs> but how many of you remember, Red, how you keep these things from going dead on you? I want to I uh, read to you, first of all, from Matthew chapter 16. And uh, you remember what he asked the disciples, and uh, Jesus answered and said to them, well, first of all, he says, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're the prophet, some say you're Elias, some say you're John the Baptist. But, and Jesus said, but who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And Peter declared that revelation that he received in his spirit. I'm here tonight to give you a revelation in our spirit that God is in charge. Listen, the, 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 the politicians and all kind of groups, especially th these who want to make us socialist or communist, they have been attacking our church, the church, the church. They've been attacking us. They want you gone. But brother, when we are gone, <laughs> they're going to miss us very badly. Amen? He said, but who do you say that I am? And here, here it is. Uh, and Jesus in verse 17, Matthew 16, verse 17, and Jesus answered unto him, Blessed art thou, son Jonah. Oh, oh, verse 16. Then Simon Peter answered and said, Thou, you, are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Peter, uh, Simon Jonah, or Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the rock, the revelation, the knowledge, of receiving what God has to say. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail when against it. Against what? Against the church. Now, if we went over to Pastor Red's house, and 
I, I don't. I, I, I know where he used to live. I've never been to his new house. But if he had a, a fence all around his place and a big old gate, who owns that gate? Everybody say Pastor Red. Couldn't hear you. The gate belongs to Pastor Red. The Bible says, and the purpose for that gate is to just keep people out, keep the enemy out. The purpose for that gate is to keep what you have from being taken or, or pillaged or, or, or stolen. And I want you to notice right here, he says, and the gates, verse 19, and I give to thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, bound on earth shall be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But before that, he says, I, that the, he said that the gates of hell, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, the gates that belong to Satan, the gates that belong to the wicked one, he has built gates. I'm trying to make a point. The devil has built gates trying his best to keep you out. You know why? He's afraid of you. He's afraid of you. He knows what we're doing. He knows that we are taking people out of his kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to them and letting them know that they can be born again and when they call on Jesus, he loses one more. So the gates of hell can't stop you. Now, with what's taking place now, the church is at a crossroads. In America, we've not seen what's been happening before that's happening now. Other countries have. But we in America are beginning to see that there is a natural world and there's a spiritual world, that the natural world is just a reflection of what's taking place in the spirit. I'm here to tell you there's war going on. There's war taking place. But we are the ones that's winning the war, and we're winning souls for Jesus. We're taking them out of the kingdom of darkness. We're breaking down the gates of hell and busting them open and saying because they can't prevail against us. But... There's a discouragement in the land. There is an there is a uncertainty. There's a thing that's taking place that we've never seen before. And people are getting worried. But I'm here to tell you, don't you don't you dare be fearful. We've got confidence that God has better protection and more protection for us than we ever even dreamed. You say, how do you know these things? Listen, I've been traveling quite, around quite a bit here lately. I've, I've been preaching quite often. I'll be going again uh, this weekend. Most of November and most of December, I'll be preaching. But uh, I love coming back home and, and, and being with you. And I'm seeing a lot of things that take place in a lot of different places. And I hear the, the, I hear the talk and I, I listen to the, to the worries and the concerns. But let me tell you something, saints. God is still the same God. He's not changed. He's not died. He's not gone on a journey. He is still alive evermore, and he's for us. And he says, I'm going to see that the church makes it, so you have nothing to worry about. We're still going to grow. We're still going to mature. We're still going to, we're still going to be the church that Jesus told us. But you know, this ain't the first time it's happened. 
in Second uh, Kings, I mean First Kings. No wonder you have a hard time up here, Pastor Reed. First Kings chapter 19. Well, let me just give you a little bit of history here. How many remember Elijah? I mean, wasn't he such a fun prophet? I mean, he was just so joyous. I, you know, I just considered him like a, like a, like a brother. I, I like him. I still like him. But he had, you know, he had the power of God operating in his life, didn't he? You remember in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, you know what happened there? You remember? He calls for the, all the, first of all, he says, it's not, you, you've been, to the king of Israel, listen, not the king of, uh, of, of, of the ungodly people, but the king of Israel, Ahab. He was married to a woman, Jezebel. And, uh, you know, I, I, saw, I, I, I was introduced months ago. I was introduced months ago to this person. They had a little baby girl, and her name was Jezebel. And I, I thought, I said, I said, this don't compute, you know. This don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But anyway, I don't even know why I said that. But anyway, Ahab was an ungodly king. He was be, the scripture says he was bewitched by his wife, Jezebel. She had taken the prophets of God and had them. She tried to just, just destroy every one of them, annihilate them, get rid of them. Elijah says, it's not going to rain until I give the word. You remember that? Three years, six months went by. They looked for Elijah everywhere. And I'm going to speed this thing up a little bit, but just, just to share with you, he was nowhere to be found until he wanted to be found. He presents himself to Obadiah, the pro, the, you know, the one who, who, who protected the prophets 50 by 50 in caves. And he tells Obadiah, he says, he says tell Ahab, uh, come see me. He says, he says, man, we look for you everywhere. If I leave, you won't be here. And I go get Ahab, he'll call me a liar and he will kill me. He said, no, I'm going to be here. Elijah, uh, uh, Ahab comes to Elijah and the first word he says, you're the one that troubles Israel. Elijah says, no, sir, you're the one that troubles Israel. He uh, talks about, you know, and, and, and then, he, then he tells the, the, the man of God, I mean, the, the Gehazi, he's, he begins to pray, and he says, it's fixing to rain. I hear the abundance of rain, and, and you know the rest of the story. It, it did rain. But during the meantime, he takes the prophets of Baal, the ungodly prophets, the false prophets, the ones who taught against God. Make a long story short, he took them. He said, let's prepare a sacrifice, and whoever, wh whoever is God, if my God consumes the sacrifice, let him be Lord. If, if their God consumes the sacrifice, let them be God. They said, it sounds good to me. Well, he gets the sacrifice. He said, well, y'all go ahead. Be my guest. Y'all got the first chance. See if your God can do it. 
Remember the story? He goes on to say, he mocks me. He says, they do all that kind of stuff. They cut the flesh. They try their very best to get, to get their God, the ungodly, you know, this false God, Baal, to, to consume the sacrifice. They couldn't do it. He mocks them, says, well, maybe he's on a, I tell you what, maybe he's asleep and he's taking a nap. Maybe he's on vacation. And uh, it gets kind of funny a little bit, but then he says, okay, it's enough. And Elijah comes forward. Not only does he take the sacrifice, prepare the sacrifice, he fills it full of water everywhere. He drenches it with water, and, the, and, God, and he's going to let God consume it by fire. I mean, it's impossible. everything's wet. He fills the trenches full of water, and then he prays, and God consumes that sacrifice. He said, grab them right now. All the prophets of Baal, all the prophets of the groves, grab them. Get them. Don't, don't let them go. Kill every one of them, these false prophets. You're fixing to see something take place. When they start really coming against us as a church here as well, you're fixing to see God's provisions like you've never seen them before. You're going to see the, you're going to say, my good, I didn't even know God could do that. God's going to be so good, you're going to wonder how he did it. He's just going to do it because it's God. Because he promised us. He said, he, he's telling us, I got your back on this thing. They destroy all the prophets of Baal. Ahab tells Jezebel. Jezebel says, mm -hmm. you tell that prophet that, if I, that I will do the same thing to him by this time tomorrow. Now, church, let me tell you, this is where we are, okay? We have an option. I will do the same thing to him that he did to, that he did to these prophets of, of Baal by this time tomorrow. I'm going to do it. He gets up. Elijah does. Elijah, the man of God. The man of God. And he runs for his life. Now, he just, he just saw the power of God. We've seen the power of God, saints. He just felt the tingle of the Holy Ghost. He just had the mighty move of God like, the, like that country had not seen in years and years and years, not since probably the Red Sea. The dividing of those waters. And here he gets scared for his life. He runs into the, gets all, crawls up under a juniper tree, and the first thing he says is, God, just let me die. Pity party. Some of us call it discouragement. There are some people who are literally, you know, they're literally discouraged. And there's a time for discouragement. But y'all, just as soon as we, we shake ourselves and remember the word of God, we come out of that thing. But Elijah was under that juniper tree, just a boo-hoo and just, just a pout. Oh, God, let me die. I'm not any better than my father's. Just let me die. He didn't want to die. If he really wanted to die, all he had to do was go back to Jezebel. She would have obliged. Is that right? Uh, she was after him. God feeds him. He has him fed. And he asks a question. And now this is a question for you and me. God says, Elijah, 
what are you doing here? Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, what are you, 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 Elijah, what are, what are you, church, what are, what are you, Christian, doing here? What are you doing in the place of discouragement? What are you, what are you, the man of God that just saw my, my miracle hand? What are you, church, that we have seen people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, delivered and healed right here in this in this house, have we not? Everybody say, yeah, amen, if we have. You know we've seen the power. The first time I came to this church, Pastor, when Pastor Red was, was pastoring, I came a couple of, couple of times when uh, Todd was here. I saw the power of God operate through that boy. That time I came, I was sitting right back there, Pastor Red, and there was somebody hurting, and the word of knowledge came forth. And God healed. I, I, I think it was a back situation. But I'm not, I don't even remember what the situation was. But I, I was amazed. I said, yeah, thank God I found home. You know, The power of God sitting right there. Elijah, and Elijah, you of all people, son, you who have seen my power, you have, who have felt the power of the Holy Spirit like none other, you that have witnessed the heavens hold forth rain at your word. And then you who have witnessed the heavens give forth the rain at your word because I watched over your word that it would not fall to the ground. What are you doing here? And then the other thing is, what are you doing? What are you doing? Church, what are we doing? We're not operating in fear. Say, I refuse to fear. Out loud, everybody. Let the devil hear it. We refuse to fear. You know why? Because God is here with us. We will not let fear cause us to be crippled and, and stagnated because that's what fear does. Fear and discouragement will cause you to stop moving forward with God. You don't believe it? I used to, you remember way down in, in Crocker Junction, Sandra, I used to go out and just knock on doors. I was young, had the energy, on fire for God. I, I, I trust I'm still on fire for God. I'm just a little bit slower. Red said, it's my fat cheeks. He tried to, Red Pastor put, put this on my ear and said, oh, you're, you're fat, you got a fat face. <laughs> he had to bend it out. I said, I love you too, Pastor. <laughs> But we, we would go out and we would just knock on doors and we'd tell people about Jesus. But there, I went to this one door and it was, I called him Big John. His name was John. The church was right here. Sister Fields' house was over here. Down, you got to know where I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it was just down from the church. Big John, big mean John. And I went up and I knocked on his door and he came out just as rough as he could be. I was 22 years old, maybe, 21, 22 years old, pastoring down there. I was, winning, I was winning the world. I was taking the world for the Lord. 
And I wasn't no devil going to stop me. Well, I got another story for you, too, in a minute. Big John comes out on the porch. I knock on his door, and, I, and he says, can I help you? I said, yeah, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Get out of my house. Get, get off my porch and out of my land. Like a dog. <laughs> I'm glad the church wasn't so far away because I went and got on the floor and cried unto the Lord. said, God, what am I doing here? I went further. I said, I'll never go back there again. How many realize that man had a soul? He was hurting. I had feelings, and they got hurt. What has our feelings got to do with anything pertaining to the kingdom of God? Well, I told the Lord. I made a deal with God. He broke his part. You know why? He never made it with me. I said, Lord, I ain't never going back there again. A couple of months. I really can't, can't remember how many months, but it wasn't weeks. It was a couple of months or more. And I was there at the church praying, and the Lord said, when I say the Lord told me, and I ain't talking about a loud voice in my spirit. You know how you get that quickening in your spirit, like those butterflies or how the Lord speaks to you? Go talk to John. I said, no, sir, Lord, this can't be God. Seriously, I mean, I really had this conversation with him. I said, this can't be you, Lord. I, I told you I can't go down there no more. You know how he treated me? And, it's, and again, it's like, Go talk to John. I said, well, I'll tell you what. If this is really you, Lord, speaking to my spirit, I'm going to call a brother that's in the church, one of the board members. I'm going to ask him if he'll go with me because I knew he wouldn't go. So I called him. I said, hey, brother, what you doing? Well, not much. I said, I need you to go with me to visit somebody. He's kind of rough on the edges. I said, will you go with me? Yeah, I'll come with visit him. I said, oh, no. So anyway, long story short, we went down and we talked to the guy, and he, he became soft. We never led him to the Lord, but we, he became soft to the Lord, okay, and tendered toward us. And, and it was an education for me as a young man, young minister, to uh, share Jesus with people in, and, and see that they have a need. No matter how mean they act, what it is, that's, an, that's a hurt they have within them, and they're needing Jesus more then than ever. But there was another time, Sandra, I don't, I don't know if I ever told, told you guys. I, I know I shared it with some people. I'm from Mobile, Alabama, okay? We're down there around the water and, you know, oysters and shrimp and, uh, you know, beaches. and I mean, everything's firm, solid ground, okay? No shaking. There's no shaking going on. Well, I... I'm 22 years old. I'm there at the church praying. And I'm, I'm, I'm laying down on the floor right there by the altar. And all of a sudden, the, the church goes, <laughs> shakes. I quit praying. I said, what is that? And then I pray for a few, and it does it again. <laughs> it just shakes. Scared this little old 22-year-old preacher. And I got up, I prayed, and I prayed through real quick, and I went home. Told my wife about it, and then the next time I was down there praying, and it happened again. The whole church shook. The whole building. And uh, I never heard of strip mining. 
I didn't know they were blasting right down to Miss Coburn's house, you know, Sister Coburn's house. I didn't know that it was shaky whole foundation. I thought it was the devil. And I tell you what, if there was a devil in there, I hurt his feelings so bad because I cast him out everywhere and then I ran home. <laughs> and in the long story short, I grew up and got old. Praise God. Thank God for age. But what I'm trying to tell you, saints, is that, you know, that's not far-fetched from any of us. Elijah being discouraged and, and being in this situation, you've seen the power of God. I, I used to witness down the beaches of Pensacola and Gulf Shores, and, and they'd black our eyes. You know, they'd, they'd talk bad to us, and they'd tell us, get away, and, and they'd fight us and try to fight us because we wouldn't fight back. We were holding our testimony for Jesus. And, man, we got beat up so many times talking to, to them about Jesus. They would call Jesus freaks and all these kind of things. But here I come to this little bitty town called Crocker Junction. I never, you know, I never could understand why the church was called Crocker until I realized it was Crocker Junction. The train used to stop down there and pick the people up and take them to town. Now, that was way before my time. I'm not that old. But what point I'm trying to make is we, we can get discouraged at times because of certain situations, but we got to remember, even though we've seen the power of God, we got to stay prayed up and we got to stay, uh, we got to stay full of faith, full of the word so that when things happen that we're not aware of, that we realize God's still God. I, I charge you to, tonight, church, to know that God is still God. Number one, what are you? Of all people, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, you ain't doing nothing. You're just sitting right there, and you're, just, you're crying like a baby, wanting to die. You don't want to die, Elijah. Get up. Come on over to this cave. Wind begins to blow. God wasn't in the wind. The fire. God wasn't in the fire. The earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. And then a still, small voice quickening our spirit. God begins to speak to the man. The man gets up, and then he starts doing something. The last thing I want you to see is, what are you doing here? Of all places, what are you doing here? I didn't tell you to come out to this wilderness. I didn't even tell you to, lead, to run from Jezebel. How do we know? God could have had even a bigger miracle to take place, but no, he, the man took the man of God, the man of faith, took off a running. What are you doing here? Discouraged, down. Don't you realize you're the spokesman for my country? You're the spokesman for my people? You speak as I speak, Elijah. People are waiting, man, that you got a word within you, and you're here? What in the world are you so discouraged over? I am God. Glory to God. Get out of this thing. God's God. So he listens to God. He goes and he gets him a, he finds Elisha. Thank God for Elisha. And he continues on the work of God. Tonight, let me, let me just close with this. I know that things have taken some of us, all of us, by surprise. I'm very surprised. I am. I'm surprised to see how much people in our country and leaders of our country, people who've been voted into office, 
I'm very surprised how they want to do away with us. When I say us, I'm talking about the church. They don't want even, a, they will let people get together, run marathons shoulder to shoulder. They'll let people get together and, and, and protest, and some of them get out of hand, and, and they begin to riot and all, but they don't say anything about it. But if you get together as a church, they want to arrest our pastor if you don't do it proper and just right. They'll do that to him, but they'll let anarchy go take over. I'm surprised about that. I really am in our country. I'm surprised. But it's not taken me by surprise. Jesus said that in this world you will have trouble. You get ready, saints. We are a country that can vote. I don't know if I should even say this, but I don't see how you can vote, a Christian can vote for anyone that stands for murder in the womb. I can't, I can't, matter of fact, I know I'm okay saying that because I've heard my pastor say it. But I, I, I can't see how we can vote for people who want to bring communism, socialism, take the blessings that God's given you. You know why some people are blessed more than others? It's because people follow God more than others. Amen? But God... I just can't, under, I can't understand how that takes place in a Christian's heart. Well, I'm going to go pull a lever for somebody that believes in murder, that believes in socialism, that believes in other things that's not godly. You better pray about your vote. Your vote means something. And I'm not politicking tonight. I'm not running for office. I'm not even running for mayor. But I... I shared with you what I felt, what I know that God is speaking to us as a church about. Some things that you've been pondering. But just remember this. Keep your mind on the kingdom. I hear it all the time, but I'll keep telling people. Keep your mind on the kingdom. Keep, keep your sight on the kingdom. Keep your sight on the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Keep your sight on the kingdom. The news media will scare you to death. The, the world will scare you to death. But we are, are, are walking in life because our mind is on the kingdom. Can you say amen, church? Hope you received something out of this. And uh, appreciate you coming tonight. Glad I made it through all that rain. Got a couple of drops on my, on my uh, windshield right here. Oh, that's what you look like. Praise God. Y'all pretty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor, does your heart feel good?